Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. This is Monica, and I'm your host. Tonight is September 6, 2011. Wow, can't believe the summer is over. But in Southern California, it seems like we're just getting warmed up here. We had a little heat wave. Um, hi out there. To, I think we have some guests in the chat room. Woo! Hi, Gunther. Hi, guest number 8269. Wow. What a day. So today I drove for a couple of hours in one direction south of me to interview Keeper of the Birds, who uh, has been on my radio show. She is the mother of her son, TJ, who was, you know, the story we I had heard before was the word molested and murdered by his AA sponsor, but in sitting with her today in her backyard, he was, in fact, raped by his sponsor over and over again. And I, it, it was a pretty tough interview. Um, I want to thank you for, for giving me that interview, Keeper. And we are going to um, try to really get the message out there that Alcoholics Anonymous World Service has a responsibility to um, make things safe and to... You know, the, the biggest uh, thing that I got from her today was they have a responsibility to warn the general public and to warn Alcoholics Anonymous members that there has been the sentencing of third-level sex offenders, I guess second and third level, and violent criminals. And as we can see in their story, and though I might sound a little bit out of breath, literally I just kind of ran in from driving on the freeway for two hours and decided to do the show anyway, even though I didn't get to tell friend the girl, you know, to ask her to post it because I wasn't sure I was going to make it home in time. And I thought, you know, even though I'm really tired, that I feel like I I need to I need to vent here because I just came back from, you know, uh, sitting with a mother that lost her child. And if in 2000, when the U.K. brought up the problem with predators, and they were talking about actually internal predators, member on member, um, or Australia, which Australia just put up, you know, like a, a PDF on their website and said, addressing sexual predators, these are the rules, these are the things that are going on, and um, hi, welcome, we have some more people, I see Kevin's out there um, blogging. The The thing that... Everybody seems to be excited about uh, about changing what we do in addiction treatment and alcohol dependency. It's called empowerment. It's empowerment, not powerless. And there's a lot of young people who are not into a 1935 powerless, made-up religion-type faith-healing gobbledygook that Bill Wilson made up. 
And um, I know that there's a lot going on, and so I have no idea if somebody is going to call in or what's going to happen here because I, I didn't have a guest prepared because I knew I had this interview and I had been waiting to do this interview with Keeper for a couple of months and um, different issues would come up. So here I am, and what I, my plan is is that for the first half hour, and I would like anyone to call in if you want, it's 818 475 9211. So it's 818-475-9211. We can talk about anything at all tonight. Um, the first half hour, I titled it, you know, Why I Left and Why You Left. And then there's a lot going on in Nutley, New Jersey. Let me tell you, there is a lot going on. But there's not just stuff going on in Nutley, New Jersey. There's stuff going on in Miami. So even though this story is a little bit older, I want to put it out there to maybe anybody listening if you forgot about this, because this is not going away. In uh, Let's see, this is July 14th, 2011. The title of the piece is, Mr. Mayor, Can You Please Tell Them to Be Quiet? <laughs> tell them to be quiet. Who are they talking about? We know who they're talking about. They are talking about um, meeting. So what happens when you invite Miami's new mayor and police chief over for a little sex, liquor, and loud music, a supercharged town hall meeting, that's what, and a successful one at that. Nearly 200 residents, politicians, community activists, and city police attended the first ever town hall meeting for Miami's Upper East Side held on April 21st at Legion Park. And it was organized by the City of Miami's Neighborhood Enhancement Team at the request of Shorecrest Homeowners Association, President Jack Spurke, and his counterpart at the Palm Grove Homeowners Association. And basically, so I don't put you all to sleep out there reading you this, said if there's some real problems they're having with um, who's going to these meetings and how much noise they make and how inconsiderate they are of their neighbors, having been once a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. I am happy to say I am no longer a member. I never did sign a special join. Let's join Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, and we're going to sign our little card, just like when you join a church or you join somewhere and they say, now I'm a member. No, I, you, know, you know, they don't. They get you another way. They just, like, you know, suck you in. I don't know. We had Dee Dee Stout on last week, and she was great. You know, Dee Dee Stout wrote harm reduction, coming to harm reduction, kicking and screaming. And she said that Bill Wilson never intended people to go forever. You know, I never heard that. But you know, no one ever – I think it's a strange phenomenon that has evolved, you know, and into Alcoholics Anonymous. So the first part – I mean, I really, anyone can call in uh, 818-475-9211. So um, why I left – why did you leave, or why are you not happy in Alcoholics Anonymous? I got another phone call the other day from a young woman who had been date-raped uh, by a member of Alcoholics Anonymous that had teen years of sobriety. Isn't that lovely? I'm sure that's exactly what our judge or our police chief or a lawyer in downtown Manhattan or in St. Louis, Missouri or in Miami, Florida have in mind when they sentence a young 23-year-old for her first DUI to an AA meeting. Now, I'm a little confused here and maybe out there you might, you know, help me out here understanding that if on the board of Alcoholics Anonymous we have a judge, we have a parole officer, we have um, – you know, someone who works in treatment, someone, I don't have the list in front of me, but I know that they have those. That means that the people in New York who make $200,000, dollars $400,000 a year, now nobody else in Alcoholics Anonymous makes any money except those people and the retirees make $6 million a year. If I sound a little, just a little pissed off, it's because I'm, I'm really pissed off tonight because I sat with a woman whose son was murdered, raped and murdered by a sponsor in Alcoholics Anonymous. So does Keeper and I 
and everybody else here on the blogs has maybe been like, you know, this whole thing started for me like about 13 stepping. But it has seriously, seriously escalated as we did the first workshop that we did in Culver City. And then it was actually through that workshop that somebody posted something on Facebook where I found Keeper. But what happened is that I came to the conclusion that the seriousness of this problem was something that was just too overwhelming for me. It was something that I alone or me and a few of the women that felt very strongly here in Los Angeles could do something about. I want you to call in if you want. I want you to call in and you can rant if you want tonight. Any question, anything you want to say to 818-475-9211 because I'm mad. I'm really mad because I sat with her and listened to her and she said, my son might still be alive. If alcoholics, she called World Service and they said it was an outside issue. When they know for a fact, it took them, I think, four years to catch this guy. The killer is actually dead. He was killed by a serial killer, a guy who was killing pedophiles. That's who killed Gerald Estes. If you want to look him up, it's the most disgusting picture I have ever seen of somebody, and thank God he is no longer with us. But trust me, they're still out there. Hi there, Sally. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Gunther. Hi, guest. Welcome to my show. To listen, I have sons. Anyone out there who's a parent knows what it's like to love your child and to lose your child. Um, so I felt like I couldn't fix the problem alone. Even after United Kingdom and Australia, you know, they they wrote stuff in 2000. Her son wasn't killed in two, until 2001. And in 2007, an article was written in Newsweek magazine. So I know a lot of us here who are doing activism on the blog we know what happened. We know that Paul, who was a previously, it was a trustee, he was a board member, uh, that's a trustee, and um, once a delegate. And he was very disturbed by what he read in this Newsweek article, and he went to the board, and he said he wrote a beautiful seven-page letter, which I was given, which really helped what I, the work I was doing internally. And he said, we need to discuss this. And so the board made him wait a year to let him read that letter to them a year, while one after another, members were being molested and raped, and now we're seeing, you know, murders. I don't want to sound extreme here, but I did just come from where I just came from today and spent, you know, four hours driving and sitting with her and, and, and watched her tears, you know, over and over uh, as she told me this horrible story that happened 10 years ago. It didn't happen just last year. It's still... She's, you know, there is no, you know, uh, fixing this, so to speak, except for us to speak out and to force, you know, the culture to change, to have people who write TV shows, to stop making references to Alcoholics Anonymous. How about, let's have it, where the guy in Criminal Minds is sitting at a fucking bar, and he says, well, you know, are you having a drink? And, and Bob goes, and that's not his name, and Bob says, oh, no, you know, I, I quit drinking. And the guy goes, oh, really? He goes, yeah, you know, I'm going to that smart recovery. <laughs> that's where I'm going. I'm going to smart where they're smart, and I don't have to be called powerless, and I don't have to be bossed around by, like, a bunch of, you know, nut jobs who can't even manage their own checkbook are going to tell me how to live my life. So maybe in some of these shows we can have some references to something else like Women for Sobriety. So on I go, ranting. Hey there, call in to 818-475-9211. You can rant. You can ask a question. So then what happened in New York is after they made Paul wait a year, uh, they had this meeting and they went to the employees that make their 75, 100, 200, 300, 400 thousand dollars a year and said, we would like you to go to the fellowship, and we'd like you to go and ask them, what's going on out there in TV land? What's going on out there in Alcoholics Anonymous meetings and culture? Is this really going on? Oh, dear. Pray tell. I mean, I feel crazy when I hear this shit. I feel like you got to be – so they do that, and I guess the employees had a little meeting, and they came back to the board, and they said, oh, we're not going to do that. No, sorry, that's not our job. And so the board went, oh, my God. What do we do? Well, the board could have said, uh, yes, it is your fucking job. Go and do it. But no, they didn't do that. And then they created like a little subcommittee, and the subcommittee wrote a little letter that went out and said, folks, it's really up to you. It's up to the groups, and 
we're just, you know, um, we're just like, a, you know, a resemblance of society. And I was like, oh, really? So if we're just like everywhere else, that means maybe we should have some sexual harassment rules and some laws. Here's another story in the Desert News. Provo man arrested in a rape. Police arrested a Provo man who they said raped a woman he met through Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. Isn't that fantastic? The woman came to police Tuesday to report that she had been assaulted by a man she met a month earlier in her AA meeting, according to the police affidavit filed in the 4th District Court. I think this is in Utah. Um, Let's see, here's another one. New Bedford man charged with murder after stabbing outside of Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. The story is from October 21st, 2010. I mean, guys, uh, New Bedford, a city man has been charged with murder in connection to a stabbing death outside an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting Wednesday night, just right outside. I guess it's an outside issue, so it happened outside. Um, This is really a big story, and we know it's a big story because we have a problem going on in Nutley, New Jersey right now. So the story broke while I was in Hawaii, and they have neighbors there, you know, who are getting upset about people parking in front of there. They can't get out of their driveway. And it was a pretty good story, and so I I called one of the neighbors, and um, I let her know what we were finding here, and she told me that she was sexually harassed by uh, a member. And uh, I was just shocked. I was, I mean, I wasn't really... I know all of you out there listening are like, you know, why is Monica shocked? I mean, not really, but to hear a non-member who's not been sort of brainwashed into what anonymity is to the, you know, the preamble, which is a load of crap. I love somebody was talking about the blog on the blog the other day about the preamble. You know, Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience. You know, it's not a fellowship anymore. Okay, so number one, they should just, they need to like X that out, you know, and then go on to, you know, it's not allied with any sect, denomination, politics. Hmm, let's see, politics. So we know that it's gotten into politics. Organization, it's aligned with many organizations. Institution, it's very aligned with the penal system and rehab and treatment centers. Half of their... Half of their $12 million a year income does not come from uh, it does not come from donations from members. It comes from the sale of books to outside people who are given their books. Here's another story. This is May 6, 2011. A manager of a sober house accused of child rape. This is centrally Washington, where it's one Washington state. The manager of a Centralia Group home for recovering addicts has been arrested for allegedly raping two 15-year-old boys at the home. Robert Darrell Strickland, 34, was arrested after a month-long investigation for multiple counts of investigation of child rape and child molestation. So maybe we could contact these guys. So somebody's actually doing an investigation for this kind of stuff going on in AA and NA. Um, this is happening in Como. Como, is this Oregon? No, Washington. Yeah, Washington. It's a big job. It's a big job, but, you know, somebody's got to do it. Oh, is that's near you? Is that where I just said? The place? Um, you mean, Gunther, uh, the first place I said or the second place that I... Uh, let me know you're out there. I said I'm going to say hi to everyone in the chat room uh welcome i really appreciate you uh coming and dropping by i don't know if i'm going to do a whole hour show i don't think i have it in me to rant for a whole hour <laughs> if nobody calls in but i can i I, can, I know i can make it for 30 minutes here because um oh new bedford is near you that was that other story that i just read yeah all right that was the one where the murder right after um, outside the meeting, right? Were you aware of when that happened, Gunther? Um, the 
struggling inside, oh, you know, the stories. It just is, it's really, really, really hard um, for me to, I'm trying to find this one thing that I want to read. Okay, so back to the story. So what happens is um, basically they send out a letter, they send out a memo, New York, uh, and say that, um, so I guess it came to NEGSR that, you know, we should just kind of take care of it ourselves. So what happened is that, um, oh, yeah, it said here, General Service Board, in its position at the bottom of the AA service structure, would not have a role in setting any behavioral policy or guideline for AA groups or members in regards to protecting any vulnerable member, including minors, coming to AA. So I guess they're they're not... Um, they're not like the rest of the world. They don't have to, you know, do what the what Alateen, which was sued and forced to um, put in safety uh, procedures and protocols. Right? They're they're different. All right. Um, so I then sent stories in October of 2010. Right? Or is it 2009? I'm getting confused now. There's so many. Um, and then I sent another one. And no, no, no. Yeah, so it was 2009 that I, on October, that I sent the first nine-page letter or whatever it was. And then we had to make a safer workshop in Culver City in on April 4th, 2010. And what happened is that this old timer sat and basically said that you know we should take him outside and beat him up. And uh, I was shocked because I didn't know that people did that. But I, I guess in California they and then now the old timers are you know, they're getting too old and they, they can't do it. But from what I'm seeing and from what I heard today, Sue Keeper, that she came around, I think, 23 years ago. She has 23 years. That AA was very different then and that people took them out back and men took them aside, but she said now they're just covered, covered over. So Kevin said I'm cutting in and out. Is that right? I'm really covering my cutting in and out. You can't away. I hope that's um oh 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 okay we have a caller here. Okay. Hi caller, you're on the line. Hey Monica, it's me. Hi guys there I'm sorry, I'm so like ranting I didn't see that you had called in. Oh. Yeah, we didn't get it up on the board tonight, so I guess there's only like six or seven people listening, but that's okay. They'll listen later, right? Yeah, it's okay. I just didn't want to um, ask her to put it up. I wasn't sure whether I was going to get back, uh, you know, in time from the interview. It was a long drive away, so uh, it's okay. So what would you like to uh, – I want to do a rant, or you want to, you know I, – I wanted to ask you about what you're doing, what you're doing lately. Um, I know you've been oh. driving all over the place, and – uh I think some people might not be aware of exactly why you're driving all over the place, interviewing people and what you're doing. Yes, uh, well, I'm driving all over the place uh, because I'm interviewing people for my documentary. And um, I I did go to San Francisco in hopes to, you know, see, maybe uncover some stuff at Iquipaw. Um, I I don't know that that was so worth my while, but I did it anyway. But this certainly was. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing, and um, I had gone out to Phoenix and interviewed Carolyn, and I'm interviewing victims who are going to, like, speak up and speak out about what's happened to them. Yeah. So what kind of stuff do you have so far? Didn't you go to Florida? No, I, I didn't go to Florida yet, although, you know, anti-denial was one of my first um, sort of friends that I made last fall, but... Um, you know, I was kind of waiting. We were trying to time it when I could go because she was really having some legal pro- some with some woman in the park there. I was really giving her a hard time. So we were trying to wait to see what was going on. But I will be going to Florida. I'll be going to Boston. Um, uh, going to Maine, and I'm going to go to Nutley, New Jersey. Nutley, New Jersey. They couldn't have picked a better name, huh? I know. Nutley. <laughs> I know. So you already have some film. Do you have a cameraman you bring along with you? Um, I have a camera woman. I have uh, Annette. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Annette is a a film student graduate, and um, 
she's really good, and uh, we've got a lot of footage. I'm going to work with an editor tomorrow just to, you know, do a little of looking, you know, I'm looking at everything that I have now. And then I had another uh, woman come with me to San Francisco, but Annette's done uh, basically everything else. And uh, when it's done, how would you how would you release that? What are you going to Sundance or something or? Yeah, well, I, I would hope so. You get in like once it's done, then you submit a documentary um, to a company that just makes it into it'll send it to all of them. Like you pay a fee, and uh-huh. they turn it into you know they make duplications for you, and they submit it to every festival that you want. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's what um, I hope to have it ready by next year. You know, I plan to be um, interviewing people, I think, all through the winter. Um, And then, um, you know, I want to have a little bit of a cartoon in there, you know, to talk about some stuff. (laughs) I don't want to reveal, to give it all away, but, you know, it's pretty, and I want to, I'm going to educate people that there's alternatives, you know, like Smart and try to interview interview uh, Jack Trimpey, and I've already interviewed Stanton Peel and Tom Horvath on camera. Uh, so I wanted to Well, see. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be awesome. Um, I know, and I hope you... Uh, do you think you'll come to the Ex-Stepper convention that we're planning on having? <laughs> oh, geez. I'm a, I'm a very poor man. I don't think I can do it. But um, but I'll be glad to watch the movie. I mean, I'll, I'll be very happy to watch the movie um, when it comes out. Um I, I well, think are there any film festivals near you? No, I, not that I know of. I don't think anything happens out here in Massachusetts, Massachusetts. Yeah. But um, I, I was just noticing the other day. Not, it seems like it's every other day now that the, another story pops up in the headlines somewhere in this country mm-hmm. that another um. Another counselor has either abused his position of authority somehow mm-hmm. or somebody has been raped or even murdered and somehow it links to Alcoholics Anonymous or 12-step culture. <laughs> and yeah. it's happening so often, people people need to know, you know. And uh, what I do is I, I go to other boards you know, uh, discussion boards on the web, and I try to discuss this with people who pretty much hate my guts uh-huh. <laughs> because of my position on the whole thing. And and th- right. what they tell me is, you know, oh, well, you're a veteran because I'm a veteran, you know. And yeah. they could dig up stories about veterans. And my my answer to them is always, why are you so eager to cover this up? You know? Well- yeah, and what do they say to that, Gunther? Oh, they they just insult the hell out of you. They, <clears throat> they say, oh, you're mentally ill or whatever. You know, they they just try to insult you. They're they're so mature, they're nasty right? People. <laughs> when it comes right down to it, I think uh, most AA members are nasty people. Um, you know, it's it's so it's sad because I I have some old time friends that aren't you know that are nice people and I even the meeting I left you know there's a few decent people but the the I would say the culture and the overall feel of the meetings are that way like that they were nasty at the general service meetings Gunther absolutely nasty like the main tone there were a few really sweet people but they would come I up think and. That's- just, yeah. That's what I should have said. They're nasty when they're challenged. Mm-hmm. They're like vipers. What are the blogs that you go to? Where challenged. are the, the boards that you go to? The board? Yeah, like what are the other uh, blogs that you're talking about? Oh, geez. Am I going to bring people over there to argue? I, I go on the Craigslist recovery board. No, I'm not going over there. I can't take it. You know what I mean? It's it's a pretty nasty place to be. And... uh I was on daily strength, but I get kicked off. Uh huh. Just, just. What do you say to get kicked off, Gunther? What's a, an example? Huh? What's a, like, an example? Give us an example of what gets you kicked off their uh, their chat room or whatever. Oh, going in there and say, <laughs> saying straight out, you know, posting for the newcomer um, warning. And warning them about, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous 
is a religious cult dressed up to look like a treatment for alcoholism, mm-hmm. then I'll leave a couple links. So I guess I'm kind of a troll in a way, but I really believe that people should know. I believe that um, although it angers some people, I believe that, you know, the 12-step groups have a lock on, they have a monopoly on the whole industry, and uh, and they really don't work that well. So it's time for people to stand up and, you know, call it what it is. So that's what I do. Yeah, I, I, Annette and I were talking on the way back about it, you know, and I kind of was mentioning that there was someone had posted the video from Breaking Bad. Did you watch that? Oh, yeah, I watched Breaking Bad anyway. Yeah, I and, saw um, it. So are they, I, mean, I watched it and I just got mad. So was your take on it that they're pro-AA or not? Well, they, um, it's kind of unusual. They do show people on that show who just kind of go in and out of the meetings and keep relapsing. Oh. Um, uh-huh. And, uh, but... But the thing I didn't like about the way it's represented on Breaking Bad is they represent it as if it has, there's a facilitators at the meetings. Yeah. Yeah, so, they got me really And I wonder how too. come Hollywood always has to do this? Why do they have to misrepresent what goes on at AA? Are uh, they ignorant of it? Or? I, agree, I agree. And I, I'm going to, she actually gave me an idea of a way to contact the writers. And give them, you know, say, are you aware? She's going to help me compose a letter, and we're going to send it to the writers and the producers for that show. So we'll let you know how that goes. But it's going to take getting it into the culture. Like when I'm done with the documentary, I mean, I'd like to make a comedy and then make, like, it's we have to get it on the shows and get it into our, you know, culture. And screw the L.A. Times and the New York Times if they don't want to print the truthful stories. We have at least 30 other reporters that are reporting the truth all over the country. You know? It's like when I was a kid, I remember my mom putting our sneakers on us and getting us ready to go play and for the day in the summer. And I remember her telling us, watch out for the Moonies. You know, there were a few times she told us, because there was television exposés or whatever back then about these Moonies going around kidnapping kids or something. So I was, what, five years old, and my mother was telling me, watch out for the Moonies. If anybody comes up to you and they're a Mooney, stay away from them, whatever. I think that's what needs to happen to to AA, is that in the mainstream culture, people start to talk about it like what it is, a cult, rather than, because right now people are like, AA, helpful, you know, helpful program for people. Yeah. to recover from alcoholism, and that's not what it is. I think people need to recognize it as a cult. Mm-hmm. Is anybody mm-hmm. else calling in? 818 Let me Let me get the other caller. I think they're still there, okay? Okay. Thanks, Gunther. Hey, good night. You want, to stay on? you want to stay on? Sure, I'll stay on. Okay, let me see if they're there. Let's see. Hi there. Hello. Hi, caller. Hello. Hi, you're live. Okay, yeah. Do you have your name? Yeah, sure. My name is Hank Hayes. Oh, hi, Hank. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing real good. Well, you know, I just uh, I found out about you, uh, I don't know, maybe a, a couple of months ago, and uh, I am a supporter of what you're doing, and uh, actually uh, the 15th of this month, my book comes out. And uh, it's titled, You've Been Lied To, The Untold Truth About Mainstream Alcohol and Addiction Treatment Programs and the Secrets on How to Eliminate the Problem for Good. So uh, I think we're all on the same team. Good. Wow. I'm so glad. So uh, how did you find um, me or the site? Well, let's see. I... I would put it this way. I got involved in in just how many of us did. I think the both of us, at least on this call talking right now, did, got introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous by the long arm of the law about 18 years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, when I went in, 
what my observation was was, you know, and at the time I said, you know what, it's it's about time. You know, here I am, a good guy, educated guy, college education, all this stuff, and had this habit, if you will. Um, right. So it was it was about time that I make a change, and mm-hmm. so I went in, uh, you know, full on into the deep end. Um, yeah. But I started noticing things around me, basically that just didn't add up. And when I saw your URL, Stop the 13th Step, and uh, it, it kind of made me chuckle. Because, <laughs> you know, as we know, <laughs> the truth is just so much of that goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think um, actually, you know, and, and as we'll talk more, you know, I'm, I'm sure uh, we'll at some point want to maybe get together. Um, I'm close to, I'm here in Pennsylvania, right outside of Philly, so... Uh, if you're in Nutley, uh, maybe I, you know, I can come up there. But you know, take a look at my website, and then maybe I can send you a um, uh, an ebook or a, a link. Uh, you I know, would to love some it. Maybe doing. you could be on. We could have you on the show. Like, if you want to time it when the show, you know, when the book gets um, released, I really want to support. Um, you know, your uh, this kind of thing. Tell me again your uh, your name. Yeah, my name is Hank. H-A-Y-E-S, and, you know, I know Janetta, and I know Tom Horvath, and Jack Trimpley, you know, and, uh, you know, Pax, and all these guys were were all colleagues, and they're in the book, and I've got over 80 different solutions, resources, support Mm, systems, and or processes that people can use. Um, I think, well, I don't think, I know for me, um, initially, I was mad as hell when I found out the truth about mm-hmm. the industry right. and what's out there and what's available. Um, right. The book for me, yeah, writing was a cathartic process. And, right. you know, I did all this, yeah, all these release exercises and all this stuff. So now I'm no longer per se mad uh-huh. at AA. However, I am an agent of change, and I am on your team and others to get the word out there, and I have an aggressive media schedule to complete mm. this mission. Woohoo! I love it. I love it. Yeah, this is what we need. I mean, I do okay. Like, I get to a place where, you know, uh, I'm, you know, not so mad, and then, you know, I'll go, so I'll get a phone call, or I'll get an email about, you know, and it isn't just bad 13-stepping anymore, right? And so, like, I'll be like, oh, okay, you know, and then that's like I get pulled in, and then that's why I started making the film. But I want to ask you, because you're, you know, new to this. I know some of the other bloggers. Um, how long were you in, and at what point did you start going, uh, something's not right here? Um, okay. Well, let's see. I got in about 18 years ago, and, um, you know, I'm a chattable, friendly guy, you know, just you know, mm-hmm. like all of us have lots of God-given talents. And um, when I, the first time when I relapsed, all of a sudden, that next day, I noticed I didn't have as many friends anymore. And mm-hmm. before, I would have bet my paycheck that these people were in my corner. Mm-hmm. And I said, "This is not sincere." Right. And then, yeah. Um, and so I started using my observation. You know, grew up in New York City, and you know, unfortunately, doing all the things that a New York City kid does. So I'm very street, but an ob- observation-wise aware. Yeah. And um, so, so a lot of the things I started seeing did not mm. add up, and. Um, you know, uh, you know, as you'll find out, you know, me and my wife were married 14 years. We have five kids. Um, oh wow! And yeah, yeah, it's, we call it a blessed madhouse. <laughs> yeah. But, um, oh, congratulations! Hank, am I still on? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you are. I'm sorry. Hank, what's what's your website? My website is on track and beyond. Dot com. And beyond. And beyond. And beyond or and beyond? And beyond. On track, like get on track, and Mm -hmm. beyond. Correct. Dot com? Okay. Correct. 
Thank you. Yeah, 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 oh yeah, yeah. And uh, so, I, what I noticed, you know, and it, it, I think this is what all of us want. We want a great relationship with somebody that cares about us and that we care about. We want to do good in our career and be a contributor to society and to the world. And we want to, you know, be you know, healthy and, you know, fit and, and maybe whatever, you know, whatever, you know, spiritual or religious thing that we do, maybe we want to okay. take part in that. Okay? Right. And what I saw, yes, yes. So what I saw in the meetings, well, I was like, wait a minute. This guy's got like six, seven, eight, nine, ten years of sobriety. He's broke as as I don't know what. Doesn't have a pot to piss in, no window to throw it out of. <laughs> no family relationships that are on the primary front burner. Right. And his whole thing was sobriety, sobriety, sobriety. Meetings are the most important thing in the world. And and I said, well, dude. Your car's like six different colors. Like, you know, you're missing a bunch of teeth. Like, what? Why don't you maybe? Well, you know, I, I, but I cared. You know, so I, I, I said, why don't you maybe go to like three meetings a week, get a yeah. part-time job, and maybe fix your smile because you're a good-looking guy, but it, it's taken away by you know your four front teeth missing. Right, <laughs> you're a funny yeah. guy, Hank. <laughs> It's true, it's true. You know, I know, again, I know. So, hey, you're not from Inwood, are you? I know the, the Hayes family from Inwood. Uh, no, originally New York City. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and so and so my observation was, well, how can you build a family when you're here? And, you know, one of the things in the book that you'll see, and I think you guys will love this, I do actual time studies. Mm-hmm. So a time study of a person, just a normal person, how many of so there's 168 hours in a week. If we spend 40 hours a week working and then we spend, you know, five hours a week traveling to that job, a half hour going and a half hour coming, and then we spend 68 hours a week sleeping, you know, so and, and you can see where I'm going. You break all the time, break yeah. all these time slots up. Yeah. Right. And then... Right, and then I put in what I call the mainstream uh, time survey. And when we look at those time studies and surveys, we find that there is not too much time to do other things in life. You can't make more than 168 hours in a week, right? So... You know, it's like so. In my observation, I'm looking. I'm like, I'm going. You know, these people, many of them, don't have what I want and or what I deem being someone successful. I mean, you know, we don't get injured and go to the doctor to, and say, he fixes our broken leg, and then we keep going back to him like week after week for him to check. We we just go on with our lives. Right. So. You know, and I would I would bring some of these things up in meetings, and immediately the old timers would pull me aside after the meeting and go, you know, Hank, you know, or, you know, and you might be a little different. And we don't want you to talk about that in the meeting. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, I thought this was a place for freedom of expression. Wow. And they'd be, like, yeah. So this continued to go on, and then. You know, I was able to stabilize myself more in my sobriety, and I started, you know, just focusing more on my relationship with, at the time, my fiance, and I'm working right. out, and you know, I happen to be, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a Christian guy. I enjoy going to church. It's you know, my thing. I'm, I'm not like deep over the end, but I, I like going. And, mm-hmm. and my relationships with my regular people, and I was like shunned from the meetings in a way, by many of the people. And I thought, this is bullshit, because this, is, this isn't cool. I'm a contributor to society. I own a company. Right. I pay taxes. I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. And, you know, and then that's when I I, I, I also hooked up with Tom Horvath in San Diego and did his whole thing. And yeah. Um, then, yeah. And then, um, 
you know, and I'm just condensing the story here, but uh, then I, I read, I'm sure you're familiar with Dr. Bruce Schauer's book, Addiction is a Choice. No, I don't know that one, but boy, I've written, I've, I've read a lot of books in the last, since I've had my show on Addiction is a Choice. I'm writing it down. Addiction, yeah, is, addiction a is a Choice by Dr. Schauer. I'm so surprised that more people don't know with so many books out there. I mean, just within the last five years, I think a million books have come out on the subject, criticizing AA, like Hank, what what you did was you criticized AA, and once you challenged them on their own ground, that's why you got shunned, dude. Yeah, you, no doubt. You got no shunned doubt. and kicked out, basically. You were no longer part of the fold because you didn't adopt the language and you didn't start spouting slogans. Hey, Gunther, will you tell them how the, what they said to you when you had your suit on to go to church after the meeting? Oh, is he still there? Yeah, Hank, you're there, right? Yeah, I'm here. Yep. Yes, I am. Yeah, yes, Gunther, I am. Would you oh, mind Hank, telling them, or you tell me if you don't want to tell them that story, but I just think it's just it's just an example. I'll tell them. I'll tell them. You know, I was, going to, uh, I was going to meetings. I probably had about four months sober, I guess, at the time, and I was... Um, <clears throat> starting to get into, you know, what am I going to choose? So I chose Christianity as, as my higher power, because you got to choose something, you know, so I chose that. And the church that I decided to go to, I think they started right after the beginner's meeting. So I had like a half hour be- between the beginner's meeting to drive up the street and get to church on Sunday mornings. So I bought myself a nice suit, and what I'd do is I'd go to the meeting with my suit on. I'd be ready for church. And there was this real evil bastard. (laughs) His name was, um, I'm not going to give his last name. His name was Alan N. And uh, he saw me with my suit on and shook his head. And then I sat down, and he said, how you doing? And I said, I'm doing good. You know, I'm going to church now, and... Mm-hmm. I said, I'm trying to quit smoking, and and he looked at me and he said, you are one fucked up alcoholic, Todd. Next thing you know, you'll try to quit jerking off. You um, know, and, and why was this? It was because I was trying to do those things that I wanted to do to improve my life, but they weren't necessarily in alignment with what a hardcore AA member would would insist that you're supposed to be doing. I was doing my own thing, basically, right? You know, and it, well, it's a very healthy thing. It's a very sick thing to say to somebody. Like, that is so demeaning. And I almost want that in my film. Like, you know, it's those little... You know what, it hurt. Yes, it hurt. It's a terribly mean thing to say to somebody. And I want to just go... Uh, uh, Hank, you were talking about your time. Yes. So when I was getting ready to leave my one meeting a week, a week left, I came home and I said, okay, I spent about two and a half hours a week times five, whatever, you know, and you go 52 weeks, you know, like I figured out how many hours that I had spent in meetings. Like even though I had brought, got it down to just one, right? Yes. So yes. two and a mm-hmm. half times 52, was it 130? Uh, anyway, it, it just adds up. And you think of the time that uh, you could be doing something else, like being with your family, or working out, sure, time, yeah. writing yeah. a song. Time, money, value. Yeah. Right. Even if you're just the coffee maker, it takes a lot of your time to go get the coffee. I mean, yeah. by the time you're done working, you're done. You know, you get out of work, and then you got to go buy this stuff, and you got to show up early. It takes up all of your time. And they make you feel guilty, like you owe it to AA to, like, bring this back. Like, you know, I mean, that's what kind of sucked me back when I was in my 20s years of sobriety. Like, that you, you know, the way we give back. And then it dawned on me when I was sitting in the meeting, I thought, now how many people here have actually done a 12-step call in the last year, in the last five years, in the last ten years? Like, a real call where they brought a drunk to a meeting and 12-stepped them. And I looked around the room and I thought, out of 50 women, I don't know, like only a handful, which means it's a lie. Like, you don't need to do that to stay sober. That's right. Nope. You know, there's, uh, I think there's two sections here. 
that I've written about that I think uh, that you and your 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 fan base will appreciate. And one chapter is how people get hooked on AA and why they stay with it, and mm-hmm. which goes into you know cult behavior and. I, you know, I've, I've done like a truckload of research to put this book together. It's over 200 pages, but um, so I have you know lots of you know documented journal studies on cults and you know what they found about AA and stuff. But uh, another section in there is is what I refer to as leaving the pack. Mm. And um, yeah, and, uh, are you uh, sober up before or after you left the pack? Um, I was sober before. I was sober before, and then uh, I, um, I, I I'm a pilot, and um, unfortunately, um, my um, one of my partners in my plane uh, he crashed the plane and he killed himself and killed the two 18 year old neighbors, and um, oh you know, he relapsed after that. And it was a light relapse, you know, no, you know, no drugs involved. You know, that whole thing's been out of the picture for me for you know, well over uh, 12, 13, 14 years, something like that. But yeah, um, well. what I what I found, what I personally found yeah. is that, um, especially when I, after I read Addiction is a Choice, it was mm-hmm. like um, a whole new world opened up to me because I found out about all the different, um, models, the disease model, the self-efficacy model, the choice model, the Minnesota model. And once I found all this out, I, I, it became clear to me that I was never a fit for a, a I'm not, I, I never believed from day one that I was powerless or, you know, that mm-hmm. it, it, any of any of those slogans. Um, and uh, for, for, for years I never used a sponsor because, you know, I was more successful than the guy sponsoring me, and I, and I didn't get. To me, it didn't make sense how a guy who didn't have much was going to tell me how to run my life. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, clearly I needed some solutions, and I found them through, you know, just the various different methods, you know, of my self-talk, how do I talk to myself, you know, mm-hmm. and my meditation, you know, different therapies, uh, you know, you just, just, there's a, you know, I, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, uh, Lee Gerties. He owns the, he owns Brain State Technologies. Yeah, no, I don't know about him. We've got to have you on the show. I'm so uh, excited you called in and, uh, you know, are just a part of our, this group that we have here on, did you ever go to Stinkin' Thinkin'? Have you gone on to that uh, blog? Yeah. yeah, I have gone to Stinkin' Thinkin', and you know, here's here's my my personal thing. Like, um, yeah, I have uh, you know military and law enforcement background, and you'll see when you go to my website, that's what my primary company does. We we train uh, high risk operators and combatives, and we you know we do all kinds of. SEAL teams, SWAT teams, you know, all top operators. And I believe I can't make forward progress by looking at the past. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, I get the whole AA deal. In fact, you'll see, you know, I'll show today. I got my AA tattoo embedded in, you know, one of the tattoos on my chest. And But I am not angry per se, with what's happened in the past of AA. I consider myself an agent of positive change. And part of that, being an agent of positive change, is letting people know what goes on in those rooms and the dismal success rate that they have. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm not a guy that I don't want to go around, you know, bashing AA. That's not my deal. Um, I want to you know, say promote, hey, go check out this blog talk radio show. They're going to enlighten you. They're going to give you some more information. Um, you'll also see in the book here, what I, we have what I call the five master key formula. And you know, we won't get into all five master keys, but the first one is called TPK. And that stands for True Perspective Knowledge. And 
when I know the whole story, now I am informed to move in power and be empowered and make a choice based on the truth, not the crap that is the most successful thing out there because it's not it's got a horrible success record. Right. Can you make sure that you do like a tour of the colleges because, you know, like this new generation, they ain't drinking the Kool-Aid. And we really, you know, I would talk to Amy Lee Coy about trying to get her to, you know, do a college tour and Stephen, whoever, you know, even Tom Horvath. I want to talk to him about it, that you have that in your tour that you're you're going to do, even college radio or something. I It's really important to get this out to young people. I don't want to see them in AA. I, I'm not like you. I feel really ripped off. You know, 36 years I spent in there. And I feel like I just spent in there like I was some uh, secret operative. <laughs> Sorry. Well, yeah. you know, it's funny. I, I, I do, it, it, uh, you know, don't let me, uh, let's see. I do definitely feel, I mean, when you read, you know, I, also, I when we hook up, I will, you know, it will be a you know, pleasure and an honor to, you know, sign a copy and get a copy to the book. But you'll see. You know, and the, the editor, of the, the editor of the book was like, "Oh, Hank, uh, you during the first part of the book, she said to me, she said, boy, you're you're a little passionate about this.'" And I said, "Well, hell yeah, I, you know, I felt like you know, a decade and change in those rooms, you know, five five days a week. Of course, I'm pissed yeah. off. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how, yeah. So, um, well, I'm excited you, to thanks. get it out. Well, I think the thing that the reason I mentioned stinking thinking is that, and even mine, but I'm. Um, it's building another website that's like it's not built yet, but it's just a blog, Safe Recovery, because the stop 13 step was to help expose and then give people who are still involved literature that we created, right? But Stinking Thinking and even me and Amy Sign and Stephen Slade Sign and if I'm – is there's a blog on the right, we like to list the um, – oh, yeah, and Anti-Denial has the uh, natural accountability for Florida, um, where, you know, you – we give help because people come on the blogs that – want to leave or leave the AA is not working for and these books are, you wouldn't believe like people are getting clean and sober by blogging and reading books and you know printing off worksheets from smart and somebody else is going to grab your book and it's going to save their life yeah absolutely and you know I don't know if you're all familiar with the NIAAA but the NIAAA succeeded the NCADD which was you know what uh, uh, Marty Mann and yeah. All those guys put together. You know, I right. love what you said while I was while I was in queue about, you know, and, and there's a whole piece on the preamble. We just we just <laughs> cut through the preamble. I got permission from AA to use it, and uh, we just cut that up pretty good. Um, but um, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think um, you know, I, and I think you know, we can affect change, and people will listen. Uh, if we go at it in a sound and intelligent way. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, when you get the chance uh, to go to, um, you know, my website, you'll see, just like you, like I can tell, like initially when I got on and I was listening to it and I was upstairs, you know, you had me hooked in immediately with the, with the poor gal that, you know, her um, you know, child got you know, mm-hmm. killed and you know, all this, and I'm like, oh shit, you know, this, mm-hmm. this, I know this stuff goes on, and mm-hmm. you know, many of the stories where I used to live, where you know, people living on drugs right outside of the rooms, yeah, that's what people go to pick up, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the neighbors were all pissed off about it, um, but uh, so I, I can tell, and I, and I applaud you, you're a force to be reckoned with. Um, <laughs> my position is, and you'll see when you go to my website, you know and whatever, you know, I have a law enforcement military presence. Uh, I've Mm. taken this mission very seriously, and Mm. in a debate, or if they want to take it in the parking lot, uh, I probably would not be the guy to screw with uh, when it comes to getting the word Uh, out and being a messenger for the people. I'm going to have to wrap it up. I have 60 minutes, uh, 60 seconds, I'm sorry, left to the show. Um, I I want to thank Gunther for calling in. Thanks so much, Gunther. And uh, thank you. Hank, uh, if I need protection when I come or you do any of my work, I need to hire security. <laughs> Absolutely. It would be a pleasure. And Gunther, it's a pleasure to meet you. I look forward to uh, connecting in the future. All right. Nice to meet you, Hank. Good night, everybody. Thanks again for having me.
So I just want to let everybody know there's alternatives. There's smart recovery, rational recovery, life ring, women for sobriety, secular for sobriety, beyond rehab, the clean slate, Stanton Peel, Ham Network, the Sinclair Method, and Dee Dee Stout. Uh, see you guys next Monday. I have a show next Monday at noon with, uh, and I don't know, I forget what it is. So I'll see you next week. Bye. Okay.